What up, brawlers? Welcome back to Throwing Hands. I am Jacob Janoski, and alongside me is Danny Woods. Danny, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Jacob. How about you? I'm great. I'm excited for these uh, these fights on Saturday. So we will be we are previewing UFC 250, with the main event being newest for suspense. But we're going to go over the pre- the fights before that. So we're going to start with a very good fight in the early prelims. We got just here for me for me versus uh. Alex Perez, what do you, what do you, what's your take on his on Formiga's fighting style? Uh, Formiga's a pretty interesting guy. He's really quick on his feet, uh, but he's he's probably not going to try to keep this one standing. He does fine uh, with his striking, but he's really not a big knockout guy. Where he's really going to look is for that jujitsu look to get Alex Perez down on the ground and try to submit him. Uh, that's really uh, with his fighting style what we're probably going to see him go for in terms of strategy here. Yeah, definitely. He has black belts in both Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Judo, so I'd expect him to take it to the ground. And he, he's always circling around the ring, so you don't know where he's going to go. And with his movement, he'll definitely throw Prez off. So what's your take on uh, Prez's style? Uh, he's, he's a really aggressive striker, and like you just said, as much as Formiga moves around, I think it's going to be interesting because of how well Perez can, has controlled the octagon in his previous fights. Uh, that's one of the things that's really impressed me about him. And even when he gets taken down to the ground, he, he makes uh, some really outstanding adjustments when uh, he gets put in some compromising positions and uh, has enough uh, ground game, I think, to, to kind of hold up uh, with some of the other guys in this, uh, in this flyweight division. And but this is going to be a really interesting fight because we've got two guys that have two very different styles. Yeah, for sure. Perez is a, more of a, a boxing type, and he does have great fast striking. And he, but you can never count his submission game. He has two uh, anaconda chokes on his uh, resume, so you you never want to uh, doubt him on that on that front. So, what do you think the keys to victory are for uh, Jusia Formiga? I think his biggest thing is don't get knocked out. He's like you said. Uh, Perez is pretty good on the ground. He's got some some solid submission finishes, uh, but Formiga is going to have the advantage with that black belt and, in both judo and jujitsu. Uh, so if he can avoid taking a big shot from Perez, that could lead to a knockout. Get this fight down to the ground and pick his spots when he is on the feet. I think that's the biggest uh, key for him. Get him to the ground and keep control once he's there. Yeah, that's uh, you basically took the words right out of my mouth. And I think if he doesn't know what he's doing, he he should take it to um, decision because he's had many wins via decision. So, what do you think Perez's uh, keys to victory are here? I think he's got to just do what he's good at. He's got to control the octagon, use that boxing, and he needs to get in tight and keep the pressure up on Formiga without getting taken down. I know that's easier said than done against somebody as talented. Uh, in the clinch and on the ground as Formiga is. Uh, but if Perez can make sure this fight stays on his feet and kind of stay in the pocket and make Formiga throw with him, 
uh, he's going to be in pretty good shape. Yeah, like you said, he does have to get up close, but that would that is a risk for him because he has a one and a half reach disadvantage against right. Formiga. So, but he does have a one inch leg reach, so he might be able to keep the distance that way. So, what are your predictions for this fight? You know, I kind of went back and forth on this one after after watching some other fights from these guys, but I think Formiga takes this one by submission, in my opinion. Yeah, I would. You know, I, I'm a deviate. Perez is on a two fight, yeah, two fight win streak, I believe, and I believe he will keep that up. So I'm gonna take uh, Perez with a knockout in the second round. So onto the the main event on the prelim card, um, we got Caceres, Alex Caceres versus Chase Hooper. Now, Chase Hooper's 20 years old. What do you think? Um, what are your thoughts on him being so young with a, a lot of success at his age? I mean, it's really impressive. It's it's almost unprecedented uh, in the UFC. He's kind of come out of nowhere, came up through the Contender Series, uh, I believe when he was still 19 years old, and has been extremely impressive in every uh, fight that he's had in the UFC. And from what I've seen before he reached the UFC, he did some really impressive things there as well. Uh, he's the type of, of young, kind of charismatic guy uh, that the UFC loves to build around, and I'm really excited to see where he goes up from here. Yeah, I'm excited to see where he goes, too. He was 18 when he fought on the Dana White Contender Series. 18. Yeah, yeah. That's insane, I think. It's absurd. And But Dana White said, yeah, stay in lower promotions, and then once you get better, we'll bring you up. And he did that for sure. He fought three more fights than he fought recently, earlier this year, I believe. And he won. So I think, especially with his height at his uh, weight class, he's 6'1", and he fights at, I think he believes, featherweight, right? I think he fights at featherweight. Or is he... I think he's fighting at Bantamweight for this fight, but yeah, yeah this can you is double a Bantamweight check? Fight. Yeah, this is a Bantamweight fight. So, you know, a six-one guy at one hundred thirty-five pounds is always going to have a reach advantage in most spots. So, what what are your takes on uh, Casera's style? Uh, he's kind of uh, been up and down throughout his career in the UFC. Uh, he, he definitely is kind of a live and die by the submission type of guy. He's got a lot of wins by submission, and he's got a loss, a lot of losses by submission. Uh, but he's probably going to try to keep Hooper grounded here, uh, take top control uh, when he when he has the opportunity to on the ground, and kind of keep it there. I think with Hooper's style, which we'll get into here shortly, uh, that's really the the best way for Caceres to do this is is stay on top on the ground and, and try to submit Chase Hooper. Yeah, he he also has a. Uh, Caceres also has some type of black belt in a, a martial art. It's, it's literally called interception of the fist. So he has good, you know, uh, striking defense. And with his Brazilian jiu-jitsu, he, he will definitely look to take advantage of Hooper's more stand-up style when, and get him to the ground. So, and he also has kind of awkward movement, which I noticed when I was watching some of his fights. So what's your take on Hooper's style? Uh, he's a really versatile kind of guy. He's a really kind of fluid athlete. Uh, he's likely to probably finish this one on the ground. That's where most of his fights have been finished. He's great submission uh, fighter, uh, but he's got really heavy hands when he's got top control. He's TKO'd some guys with uh, some hammer fists, that kind of thing. And then, obviously, as you go up higher in the levels, it's it's difficult to to pull stuff out like this. But he beat a guy with a spinning hook kick when he was, like, 19 at one point. So... These are. This is a really interesting fighter. We've not seen Chase Hooper at this high of a level that much. I expect him to kind of control this one on the ground and uh, work from there. Yeah, I have to agree too. And with 
Hooper, he does he likes his flying kicks. He loves he loves his striking, of course, but he also attempts submissions in a lot of awkward positions, which really throws people off in the Dana White contender series. He was trying to submit people while he was moving. He was you know, just Caceres cannot take his submission game lightly because he he likes to attempt those a lot. So what do you think are the keys for Caceres? Uh, before we get into that, I want to correct this. This is going to be a featherweight fight. Uh, that's where the two of these guys typically fight. That's That was my mistake looking into that. But as far as Caceres goes, like I said, I think he needs to uh, keep top control and this one goes to the ground, and I think it's definitely going to go to the ground. Uh, as heavy as um, as Hooper's hands are uh, when, the, when he does uh, get on top, Caceres really needs to avoid that cover up a lot if he's caught underneath and he can't give up his back Hooper uh, does a great job locking in uh, a rear naked choke he's got multiple wins that way Uh, so Caceres honestly a lot of what he needs to do is defensive in my opinion and then when he has the opportunity to go for a submission when these guys are on the ground that's what he needs to do yeah I definitely have to agree there and like you said earlier before we started recording, Caceres lives or dies by the submission. He either gets choked out or he does the choking out. So I think if Caceres wants to win this fight, he has to do the choking out and look out for being choked out, of course. So what do you think the keys are for Hooper? I think, uh, like I said, this one's going to end up on the ground, in my opinion. He just needs to work fluidly when he's there, uh, keep control once once they are on the ground, and just drop some heavy shots when he gets top control, I think. That's going to be the key because uh, Caceres is kind of a slippery kind of athlete. I think if Hooper can stay on top and kind of uh, bring down those those great hammer fists and elbows we've seen from him in the past, uh, that's the, the key for him. I don't know if he uh, taps Caceres out here, uh, but I think if he can keep control when they're on the ground, that's going to be the biggest thing in this fight. Whoever has uh, top control for the majority of the fight, I think, wins this one. Yeah, I have to agree there. Um, so, what are your predictions for this fight? I'm going to take Hooper by TKO. Yeah, I'll. You know, I think Caceres' uh, experience will carry him in this fight. I think I think Caceres will uh, make Chase Hooper tap here. Okay. So, you know, so we're going to move on to the first uh, bout of the main card, which is Wineland versus O'Malley. I think everybody loves Sean O'Malley, but we're going to start with Wineland here. So what do you think, what's your thoughts on his style? Eddie Wineland, uh, is, is a pretty athletic striker with some, some powerful hands. He likes to get in close, stand in the pocket and throw bombs. Uh, that's really what he wants to do. He, he's going to try to get in tight, stick a guy with a big right hand. And I don't see him really doing anything else against Sean O'Malley as both of these guys are such outstanding strikers, I think Eddie Wineland's a really interesting opponent for Sean O'Malley as he's kind of coming up. And I think this is going to be a really exciting fight. Yeah, I would have to agree there. And Wineland has a lot of fist movement. Like you said, he has very quick and aggressive striking, but he also has a low guard, which might come to a disadvantage like a, against a striker like Sean O'Malley. So what's your, my take on O'Malley's style is yes, he has a Brazilian jiu-jitsu purple belt, but he doesn't really use it too much, but he has, a lot of lateral movement, which will throw Wyland off guard a little bit. And he does also has quick, aggressive striking. So these two guys on the standing up are somewhat similar. What are your takes? I like O'Malley just because he's kind of unorthodox in the way that he fights. He, he can kind of land big shots from any angle and from any position. And I think that that is something that can be chalked up to 
a combination of him having some really long legs and just being a really great athlete. And he pairs it with some pretty good power. I think uh, we've got a fight of the night candidate here between these two. And Sean O'Malley is really one of the most exciting young guys we've seen in a little while. Yeah, definitely. He's a, he's 11 to no, and he's, he's really streaking here. So I, I have a feeling you'll keep it up. But the keys for Wyland for me are I think he's got to keep his distance against Sean O'Malley, especially because Sean O'Malley is so much taller and he has so much more reach and with his 40-inch leg reach and 72-inch reach compared to Wineland's 69-inch uh, reach and his 36.5-inch leg reach. So I think he's got to keep his distance and find where he can go into the pocket and land strikes rather than just striking at will. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I thought about that. Honestly, I think Wineland's best bet is, like you said, to pick those spots to get in tight. And once they, he can kind of get into a phone booth, he's got the power uh, to, to land some big shots and maybe put O'Malley down. I think that's the biggest thing for him is to find a way to reduce that length advantage that O'Malley has and figure out a way to get in tight and, and kind of pick his spots when he does it. Yeah, for sure. And I, for me, the keys for O'Malley to win this fight are he has to be smart. Wyland has over has fought almost four times as many fights as O'Malley has. So Wyland has just seen about everything that comes with fighting. And I think O'Malley definitely has to use his length to his advantage and not let Wyland get in the pocket. What would you say? I agree with that. Keeping his distance and just landing consistently from that position is going to be big. I think he needs to take advantage of how aggressive Wineland generally is. He's the type of guy that will, when he sees an opening, kind of rush in and try to make something happen. I think O'Malley has to take advantage of that. We've seen him in the past really be able to land some really dangerous, powerful punches and kicks from positions that you wouldn't normally see big shots come from. I think he needs to use that skill to his advantage. And when Wineland comes after him, which is pretty much inevitably going to happen, he needs to be able to adjust quickly and get a good shot in there. All right. So what are your predictions for this fight? I think Sean O'Malley is going to knock him out. That's, that's just me. Yep. I, I was going to say the same thing. Knockout. All right. So we're going to move on to a bantamweight fight here. We got Al Jermaine Sterling versus Corey Sanhagen. So what do you think the, the, what, what's your take on Sterling's style? He's a really interesting athlete because uh, he's giving up a lot of height to Corey Sanhagen in this fight, but he's actually got a reach advantage. I think he's four inches shorter uh, at 5'7 to Sanhagen's, I believe, 5'11, but he's got a one-inch reach advantage, and he pairs it with some really nice athleticism, and his grappling and jujitsu are really the standout trait for him. He's got some pretty good kind of quick striking, but that's not what uh, is really his standout skill. He's He thrives on the ground, and he can finish from multiple angles. That's the thing that stood out to me. Uh, he's got some really interesting finishes uh, as far as submissions go in his bag. I think he's going to be a really exciting fighter to, or tomorrow night. Excuse me. Yeah, I believe so, too. I, I completely agree with you with what you said there. And with his grappling, I think you'll definitely have to use that to his advantage. He has jiu-jitsu and a Division three wrestling background. So, if he takes it to the ground, he definitely has the advantage, in my opinion. So what's your take on Corey Sanhagen's style? I mean, he's such a quick riser in this bantamweight division. Uh, he's definitely somebody that has to be watch, to, to watch out for. He's got a great kickboxing background. Uh, but he's, he's honestly pretty good on the ground. He's got some submission finishes, even though the knockouts are really uh, his calling card. 
once he gets in close, his hands are so powerful. He's really hard to deal with. And I think that's going to be the thing for him to watch here. Uh, these guys, I feel like we, we've said it a lot on this card, are so different in their styles. It's going to be a matter of who controls the pace of the fight and where it goes. I think Sandhagen has the, the boxing. It's where he can finish Sterling on his feet pretty quick. Yeah, I definitely have to agree there. And with with Sterling, like you said, he has a high kickbox. He has kickboxing background. He has a high guard and he has quick striking. So, depend like you said, depending on where this fight stays is going to determine who wins the fight. So, my keys for Sterling is he has to keep his guard up because he generally has a fairly low guard. And with a yeah. striker like Sandhagen, you can't do that. And he cannot. He cannot let his guard down with uh, Sanhagen's submission game because uh, Sanhagen has submitted people in the past. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think he, on the feet at least, uh, should keep his distance uh, for the most part, strike when given the opportunity. But holding down the middle and pushing guys kind of towards the corners and putting them in a position where they can't get away. And offensively for Sterling, get this fight to the ground and keep Corey Sandhagen underneath because Sandhagen is so strong that if he takes top control, I don't care how great of a jiu-jitsu fighter Sterling is, he's going to struggle against a guy Sandhagen's size. Yeah, I definitely have to agree with you there. And for the keys for Sandhagen, I think he's got to keep it on the feet, in my opinion. But if he gets to the ground, I don't think he's in uh, dire, dire straits there. So... What what else do you have to add to that? I, I pretty much agree with that. Win it on the feet and make Sterling uh, fight in close because that's where Sandhagen's going to thrive, I think. All right, so my prediction for the fight is I think Sterling's going to win by submission. I think he really wants – he's almost at that title. And I think with this as a title limiter, I think he'll take it. I mean, both these guys are determined because I think whoever wins this fight will probably be competing for the vacant title. So what are your thoughts? Of course, Sandhagen's young. He's hungry. He's on a win streak. I'm taking uh, Sandhagen by TKO. All right. Agree to disagree there. All right. So to the co-main event of the evening, if I can pull this up on my phone real quick, uh, we have Rafael Unsunkau versus Cody Garbrandt, the former bantamweight champ. So right here, um, what are your thoughts on Unsunkau's style? I mean, he's got an outstanding ground game. He does a really good job of controlling the momentum of the fight. Uh, those are two things that jumped out at me immediately is he fights the way he wants to fight most of the time, and he's very successful doing it. And most of the time that is taking the fight to the ground, using his jiu-jitsu background. And uh, this is something I'm going to say about both of these guys. Uh, they're both former top contenders who need a win. Uh, they're both on, on losing streaks, and they're both going to come into this fight, in my opinion, hopefully really hungry to get a win and get back on track. Yeah, definitely. With Unsun Shao, he, um, he can submit, but he likes to take the fights a distance. Uh, he's taken 48% of his wins are by decision. So he, he has no problem with going the distance. And with his black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, he will definitely try to take it to the ground here. So with Garbrandt style, he has a D2 wrestling background. He you know grew up in Cleveland, went to Notre Dame College. But he is a great striker. That's where that's where his uh, strength is, in my opinion. He's he's won eighty two percent of his fights by knockout, and he's very aggressive and he has great head movement. What's your thoughts? That's the thing with me. He's a, an outstandingly aggressive striker, but he does it with precision. He doesn't 
usually really get over his skis and put himself in dangerous positions. Uh, but he's going to be going for the knockout in this fight, in, at least uh, from my perspective. Uh, none of his fights have ever been finished by submission, uh, whether a win or a loss. So uh, he's going for the knockout. I think he's he's got the skills to do it. And uh, that's that's what we're going to be looking for for Cody Garbrandt here, a knockout and probably early, if I had to guess. Yeah, I would, I'd have to agree there too. So with uh, the keys for Unsun Shao, he should he can't get into a fist fight with this dude. I mean, you saw what he did to Dominic Cruz. He knocked him down three times in a round back in which was like almost over three years ago. And he has to get it to the ground. That's that's where I see him winning this fight. What do you think? Yeah, take it to the ground, uh, keep top position and dominate when he's there. Uh, because Garbrandt, you said, does have the wrestling background, but he's never really uh, used his ground game all that much uh, in the UFC. And when they are on the feet, he just needs to stick and move, keep his distance, and don't let Garbrandt get in tight, land something big. Yeah, and I think with the keys for Garbrandt, he has to use his striking. But if he if he finds himself in a in a situation on the ground, definitely you know get back into that wrestling background. What would you say? Yeah, I, if I were Cody Garbrandt here, I'm trying to avoid getting taken down. That's a really big one, and I think octagon control for him is going to be big uh, because uh, obviously on the feet, he's going to want to take control, uh, but he needs to attack aggressively without getting out of control and, and getting in too tight where Asuncio uh, can take him down to the ground. I think that's, that's a big thing where he can land some big shots, but don't get out of control. Yeah, I would definitely have to agree there. So my predictions for this fight is I think Garbrandt's going to end it early in the first or second round with the, with the knockout straight to the chin. What do you think? I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you there. I'm taking uh, Rafael Asuncio uh, by decision. All right, all right, that's fun. That's fine. All right, so to the main event of the evening, the, the featherweight title fight on the line in the women's division. We have Amanda Nunes versus Felicia Spencer. Now, what are your thoughts on Nunes' style? I mean, obviously, she's the best women's fighter in the world. She's a very versatile striker with a lot of power behind it, and she fights the way she wants to fight. She has the mindset that she's the best women's fighter on the world. Uh, she's been so dominant uh, through the last uh, last little portion of time uh, that she maintains control in all facets of her fights. And when it does go to the ground, she's got the game there to finish it by submission or knockout. She's honestly, regardless uh, of gender, one of the most impressive fighters in the UFC. Yeah, I definitely have. I definitely agree with you there. He, she's she's great at everything. She's one of the best all-around fighters in the UFC and she's tough too. I mean, she, she knocked out Cyborg. Cyborg is a t- one of the toughest women's fighters ever. And she knocked her out in the first round within only, I think it was maybe within two or three minutes. So her toughness will definitely carry her here in my opinion. And if she, if it goes to the ground, she shouldn't be too worried. Even though I think, well, as we go on, Spencer is a little more, is a little better on the ground, but th- I guess that transitions right into what's your thoughts on Spencer's style. Like you said, she's she's at her best on the ground. That's really where she thrives. I think she's going to be at a pretty big striking disadvantage here. Uh, she's she's a capable striker, but it's really not her calling card. She's got some power if she gets in close, and, and she's not afraid to take a shot as well. She's got a pretty good chin. So I think Felicia Spencer's best bet, take this one to the ground. That's where she's at her best. Yeah, I definitely have to agree with, with you there. Yes, she does have a Taekwondo black belt, but I don't think that'll carry her too much with the style that Nunez fights at. And 
Although she does have a really good submission game, especially when she's on somebody's back. And she really loves that rear naked choke. So I would, I'd expect Spencer to take this to the ground. So for me, the key to Nunez is, is it's in her best interest to keep it standing. She's not like in dire straits if she goes to the ground with it. But, and I think she needs to avoid scrambles because Felicia Spencer is really, really good when it comes to scrambling. And she usually ends up on your back after a whole scramble. And I think, I think she should end it quick. I think, I think that's what she has to do. What do you think? Yeah, Nunez, the biggest thing that stands out to me is how, how far superior her striking technique is. I think she needs to take advantage of that. I think she needs to go right after Spencer early. And if it does go to the ground, she cannot let Spencer take her back because that's the biggest thing in her game is that standout rear naked choke. That's her signature finish throughout her career. So if Nunez can, one, keep it on the feet, and if it does go to the ground, not give up the back, I don't see a scenario where she loses this fight. All right. So for me, the keys to Spencer's are, Spencer is I think she has to prolong this fight, she, and she can knock it up into the pocket with Nunez because I think Nunez will just find a way to knock her out. And obviously get it to the ground, make it a scramble, make it a wrestling match, and I think, you know, submit her. What do you think? Yeah, that's the biggest thing uh, for Spencer I would agree with. Uh, Get it to the ground and keep control once she's there. Uh, That's that's huge for her because Nunez does have a pretty good background uh, in jiu-jitsu, I believe. So if Spencer can go to the ground and keep control, work to take that back, that's her best bet. But I'm not sure she's going to be successful doing it. All right, predictions. I predict Nunez wins this in the second round with a knockout. That's what I got. What do you think? Yeah, that, that's the exact same here. Amanda Nunes knocks her out. All right. Daniel, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, no, nothing really comes to mind. I'm excited for this card, excited for another big pay-per-view card for the UFC. All right. I'm, I, same thing. I'm excited for this, and I think we're going to have a nice summer of fights. I've seen some of the stuff that Okamoto's uh, put on Twitter. There's a lot of good fights coming up this summer, so we have you and I have a lot to talk about. Well, Daniel, thanks for coming back on again. I love doing this with you, man. And, well, we will see you guys for the review. See you guys later.